If you have your Bible with you this morning, turn over to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Lord, thank you so much today for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your, li- your word is a light unto our pathway. Lord, that we'll see correctly and we'll see exactly the way we should go. Lord, as we put your word into practice, I thank you that, Lord, we shall be recipients of all your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs chapter 4, and let's look in verse number 20. He says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them. And health, or as the margin says, the Hebrew says, medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Now, I want you to realize this is a a principle of the Word of God, that God's Word is medicine. Not just the the verses that talk about healing, but all of God's Word is medicine to us. And he says, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart, verse 23, with all diligence. The Hebrew there says, above all your keeping." For out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. How many know the issues come out of our our heart? All the issues of life. Other um, translations say the forces of life. You ever hear someone say, well, you know, that person, they got issues. (laughs) Well, we we all have issues that come forth out of our heart. So that's why the Bible says, he says, guard, and I like the Amplified says, and above all that you guard. Guard your heart. Amen. Say this with me. Protect your heart. So what does that mean? I have responsibility today to guard my heart and protect it above all that I guard. Hallelujah. You know, one thing that you'll find with the Word of God, I thank God for all the Scriptures. Um, The Bible says that All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not just the ones that make us feel good. But all the the Scriptures are given by inspiration of God. They're profitable. Everyone say profitable. Profitable. The Bible says for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. You know, I I don't know, but it seems like a lot of people, if you bring any correction or even that they might be wrong, are you correcting me? I mean, are you, do you not need any? Amen. How many know we all need correction? Amen. And uh, you don't even have to, you can just be saying something that's truth. And people, they, they think, man, I, do you mean I have to change? We have to change on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. If we want to go to, to the next level in God and, and, and go forward Every day is a day of growth. Every day is a, a day where I have to realize, you know, I, I, I can't stay the same. Yep. 
Amen. And that's what, that's what revival is. That's what the presence of the Lord does. But, you know, the, the Bible talks about different words that say, take heed. Just like we read earlier. Beware. The Bible says, examine yourselves. Prove yourselves whether you're in the faith. Amen. We're, I'm, you, you need to self-examine yourself all the time, whether I'm, I'm walking in faith, whether I'm in the faith. You know, how many, how many times you've heard people say, <coughs> maybe someone does try to correct them, they'll say, you know, only God judges me. Well, you know, I wouldn't be so quick to jump on that because <coughs> I don't want God judging me. I, I want to do like the scripture says. It says if we would judge ourselves, <coughs> then we shouldn't be judged. What does it mean to judge yourself? It means to look at yourself and say, that's wrong. Will, that's a wrong attitude, and you better get over that real quick. <laughs> you know? A lot of times what happens, though, when it comes to other people, what we do this, you know, we're real generous with ourselves, but we, you know, there's no slack for others. Where, where you, you had to just kind of grab yourself by the nap of the neck and say, look, boy, you, you're going to do this and, and else. But with other people, we have to be real gentle. Amen. So be rough with yourself. I didn't say, you know, don't condemn yourself. You know, some people like to punish themselves. It's like some, some like weird thing, you know. But don't, don't, don't punish yourself, but just realize, hey, you know, I'm going to toe the line. I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've got something I've worked out with the Lord that there's a short chain, that like, like a dog that's running in the yard. You know, I'm not a dog, but, uh, you know, the dog's in the yard, and sometimes there's that long chain. You know, I've, I've seen a dog the other day, and I'm just watching him run, and then just, you know, just it like chokes him at the end. But, you know, you don't want to be on, a, on a, such a long chain with the Lord where you get all the way out there to, to like halfway to Sodom. You know, and you go to the other side to Gomorrah. You, you want to be close where that chain just, just nope, okay, right here. You know, and when a dog is trained good, Where's that dog? He's just sitting there. I watched Buddy when he's, he's waiting for Liam. He'll be sitting at the edge of the yard just watching him. But then there's that certain point he just takes off running and just like, you know, he, he run like a deer out there, you know. <laughs> so the Bible tells us to take heed, to examine ourselves. And so, you know, even as shepherd, the under shepherds under, in the Lord's work, we have to warn people and tell people. You know, it's interesting when you read about the Apostle Paul. Remember, he told people, he said, remember that I, I cease not the, to warn you night and day. And, you know, he even talked about diff different individuals. He said, I'm warning you with tears. He said, because after I leave, I know that there's going to be grievous wolves and even those that rise up from the end, within. But remember that day and night I, I exhorted you and warned you. Amen. And so... One thing as a believer, you, you can't get to the place where you think that you can't be deceived. You can't, you know, well, you know, I can't be deceived and I'll know better. You're already down that path. You're already down, you know, the Bible says any man that thinks he knows something, he doesn't know anything yet like he should. And so we have to protect our heart. We have to watch out. We have to protect our heart on a daily basis. Can you say amen? 
No one is above deception. The Bible says this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So until there is a change in our hearts, there's no change at all. And so we have to let the Lord daily work on us. Um, Bishop McCurdy had a song, Operate on Me, O Lord. Take out what shouldn't be. And so we have to just do that. And what, that, what does that mean? That means I lay on the altar of God. I, I, I put my life on the altar. I put my, not my will, but yours be done. Yes. I let the, 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 that's what the fire of God is. Yes. Is you let it come in and burn things out of you. Can you say amen? amen. So this morning, I want to share, and, and we'll see how the Lord leads us. But I want to share about matters of the heart. Matters of the heart. And, and realize this, that as we said, until there's a change in the heart, there is no true change. I mean, no, we can change things on the outside. We can move the, the spiritual furniture around a little bit. But, but until there is a change in our heart, until we let the Lord deal with us, what's, what's going to happen is things keep resurfacing. Amen. So I want you to just purpose in your heart that when it comes to the things of God and in life, nothing is sacred in the sense of, you know, I'm just going to hold on to this. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, this is, you know, I gave, I gave the example, I was talking to the worship team earlier, and I talked about how just in normal cleaning yesterday, my wife moved the uh, paper towel holder. And I, I, it made me think about, there's a book called, Who Moved My Cheese? Who Moved the Cheese, you know? And uh, I got to get a hold of that book, you know? I just, we were talking about it earlier, but, but, you know, people get so used to things like, you know, hey, who, who, who moved my stuff, you know? I, I keep it in the same place all the time. Well, you know, sometimes God wants to rearrange the furniture of your life. And so we can't just get so where everything is, you know, if God, if that's got to go, it's got to go. If that needs to be moved out of my life, then, then, then so be it. You know, you think about the disciples. The disciples, Jesus said, it's better for you than I go away. Now, I'm sure that they couldn't see that because Jesus was the best thing that ever had happened to them. The best thing is about to leave them. And the best thing that ever happened. How many times is that with us? That, that we look at something and the Lord says, I got something better for you. Well, that's the best thing I've ever known. Well, all that means is you don't know much. Amen. That's just the best that you've seen. But God sometimes will have us turn things loose to get to the other side. You know, it's just like this. Transition sometimes can be the hardest thing in life because it's, it's like that trapeze art, artist. You know, they're up there. At a certain point, you have to let go at the right time. Or otherwise, you're going to be flying and hope there's a net underneath. You know, and so you got to go from one to the next thing. That's why we have to depend upon the Holy Ghost. So say this with me. Lord, have your way. <laughs> so, you know, even when we talk about revival, revival is about a change of heart. Not just a touch, but a change. Well, I got touched and I rolled around the floor. That's good, but did you change? Did you change? 
Was there fruit? I want fruit in my life. I want, you know, it's like our pastor said. He said, if you have to lay at the altar for 10 hours a day, do whatever it takes. <laughs> no matter what comes out. You know, think about people like Smith Wigglesworth. I know of different men of God, ones that had a, like a, a big temper or something like that. And, and they just said, I'm going into this room. and I don't care what kind of sounds you hear. Do not let me out until I, you know. And they stayed in there for three days, but they got the victory. Amen. And see, that's, that's letting the Lord, you know, a lot of the issues in life, it's things that we just need the Lord to remove. And that's why, Lord, take, take those things and let the Lord just take it out. You don't have to cut it out yourself. How many know we can't change ourselves? But the Lord can, and the Lord comes in. And so, as I'm as a, um, talking about the heart, you know one thing that the Lord wants? He doesn't want us to have fat heads. You know, just puffed up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8 that knowledge puffs up. Now, how many people realize that? You ever talk to people and knowledge puffs up? Well, I know, I know better than that. I know more than you know. And, you know, just puff up just like a, a bullfrog. Amen. But the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So you may know some stuff, but see, think of it like this. You can say it like this. Knowledge puffeth up, but love builds up. So God, does, God wants us to have our hearts full. Hallelujah. I want you to look over at Psalm 51, please. Psalm 51. The Word of God is so powerful in our lives, and that's, that's why these are issues that we, we want to deal with in our lives because we don't want to be hindered. I don't want to be hindered in life. I want 2024 to be a seamless, uh, something that I just, I, I, I'm not hindered by anything in my life. And so, you know, here's the good news. Some people might think, oh, I don't, don't tell me this. But you're always going to be on this pattern. You're always going to be on a place of growth. You're always going to be a place to where you're, you're tracking progress and you're getting stronger and stronger. But that's a good thing. You know, sometimes, have you ever felt like this? You, you, you say, Lord, you know, you're doing this and, and you're getting better and, that, and better. And then you're thinking, Lord, I, I must be almost at Christ-like perfection. And, and, and now the Lord says, well, you, John, you're doing so great. And, and, but there is this one thing that you need to, to work on. But what he hasn't said is, John, there's 200 other things too. But um, you, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you didn't work on this. And Lord, I, I've got that down. Great. Rama, you're doing great. There is this other area. <laughs> and, you know, so the Lord just, uh, you know, that's the way the Lord does to everyone. Will, uh, there's this other area. You just need to, so we're always going to be on that place where we're growing. If you're not growing, then you're, you're recessing backwards. But look at Psalm 51. Now this is after David, the Bible says that he had um, sinned with Bathsheba. And the Bible says, you know one thing that, that is amazing about David? He never did blame people. He acknowledged his sin. 
And, and it, that's one of the things that he said that he was a man after God's own heart. He recognized, you know, I'm the one that played the fool. I did this. You know, when, when he numbered Israel, I mean, he, he took it and he, he repented for that. He, he said it was me. But look what um, Psalm 51, 7. He says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Do you know that that's one of the things when, when, you, have un, when you have broken fellowship with God? You lose your song. You lose that. And the Bible talks about how the, the, the people of God hung their, their harps on the willows. And it said, how can we sing our song in a strange land? What was he talking about? That's somewhere in, around Psalm 136, 7. And he's talking, see, that's um, broken fellowship. And so when you have broken fellowship, what's going to happen? You're not going to have a song. But see, that's, that's why every revival that we see, what happens? People get their song back. Hallelujah. People get their song. And that's why we say, if you don't have your song, then you, you better get it back as quick as you can. And see, that's what revival is. Revival is touching the heart, changing the heart. Can you say amen? So no, notice what he says here. He says, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. So I wanted to begin this morning just with one area about different areas that I must guard my heart in. Different areas that I must guard my heart. So we're going to get, we'll get very specific about it. It's not just some general area like, you know, what, how do I do that? How do I guard my heart? Well, I'm going to start with this. Number one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. How many know that's an area that I have to guard my heart in? <laughs> if you're not right now, then you will sometime later this afternoon. Amen. Even as I was preparing this, and the Lord was giving this to me, I just had these different things that just come into your mind that, that you have to deal with. Different individuals. And so it's like, I forgive them, I forgive them, I release them. So I can guarantee you, whenever you, you talk about these, these things and you preach on them especially, you're going to have an opportunity to practice it. <laughs> Amen. But what I want you to understand this morning is, as a Christian, I cannot hold grudges. I cannot hold animosity or ill will towards anyone and expect my faith to work. But you know, it's much more serious than that. It's more, much more serious than, than just, just, you know, me, me not getting my needs met. It could mean people missing heaven. It's that serious. Amen. And so I decided a long, long time ago, no one is worth that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Forgive, release people. Amen. I want you to turn over to the book of Mark chapter 11 this morning. Mark chapter 11. Jesus 
one of the great passages on the subject of faith. Verse 22 says this, Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God, or have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. And so what we see in the next verse, what the God kind of faith is, it's the faith that believes and speaks. And he says, for truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, when you read that, don't think, well, he's talking about somebody else. Realize he's talking about you. He's talking about me. That if I say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Now, he's talking to a literal mountain, but this, this figuratively in our lives. Mountains that, that appear. Be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. So the Bible tells me when I believe a thing, when I speak a thing, I'm going to have whatsoever I say. Therefore, now we need to know what the therefore is there for. Therefore, because of this, I say unto you that what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So what does that mean? I, I need to believe when I pray. See, this is, what is the prayer of faith? That I ask for God, ask God for things that are promised in the Bible. Things that are promised by redemption, healing. My, my, my needs being met. Any number of things that the Bible promises because of Christ, what he did in purchasing my redemption. So I have the legal right to ask for those things. And so he says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, you know, that, that doesn't mean 10 days from now, oh, I better believe. No, that means when I pray, I need to already be believing. I need to already be on believing ground. I need to have this scriptural platform built in my life, with the Word of God. So what does that mean? I'm not just a hoping and a praying. <laughs> you know, I need to know ahead of time, this is what the Bible says, and have scriptures. You know, the number one thing whenever you need to pray, number one, be specific about your need. But then number two is find scriptures. Not just an isolated verse, but find many scriptures that promise you. Write down those scriptures. Lord, this is what I'm believing you for. And so this is what your word says. But then you ask God, and I like what he says here. He says, believe that you receive. That word actually means literally take. Believe that you take it. You know, the things of God are not just going to fall on you. You got to believe it and you got to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, and when, you know, the Bible says, uh, the violet take it by force. I'm not, I'm not taking it from God and like, like, like God's holding on to it and I'm, I'm wrestling with it. How many know God would win tug of war? But the devil's the one that's got to release whatever he's trying to hold up. And so that's why the Bible says in, in John 14, whatsoever you ask in my name. Now in John 14, he's talking about demanding. John 16, he says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he's going to give it to you. Now, that's prayer. 
But in John 14, Jesus says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. That's talking about using your authority in the name of Jesus. And we're not demanding of God. God, I demand that you... <laughs> no. You need to know when to demand of the devil and when to ask of God. You know, a lot of people are praying when they should be saying. And they're, they're asking God to do something about the devil. No, you deal with him. Amen. But I want you to keep reading here. He says, believe that you take it and you shall have it. So you have to believe that you've got it before you got it. But notice he didn't finish right there. He said, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Do you know that God cannot forgive you if you don't forgive? You know God will not forgive you. <laughs> but it's not just that he won't, but he can't. Amen. And so that's why we say that it's much more serious situation. And so I realized this one day that an unforgiving person is also an unforgiven person. So how many like to know that their sins are forgiven? then what does that mean? That means I need to extend forgiveness to other people. I have to protect my heart. I don't care what people did. I like what Brother Hagin said. He said, he said I wouldn't even take time to, to deny the fact that they said I killed my grandma. He said, I'm just going to keep on going and keep preaching the blessings of God. If you try to put out every fire in your life, you know how busy you'll be? And, and what every pe person thinks? If we tried to do that with what every person thinks about this church, people are going to think. Most, most time they're not thinking. So we don't even worry about it. Amen. <laughs> so he says, forgive. Now I want you to turn back to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. So I know this really hits home because we have an opportunity every day to practice this. You know, someone doesn't... Um, when you go to the buffet line, they're cutting right in front of you. Or, you know, someone doesn't speak to you properly, you know. <laughs> someone ate all the ice cream in the machine right before you got there. They got the last brownie. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, in verse 43. You know, it, it is amazing, though. I heard a minister talking about um, this, just talking about he was in, there were revival meetings. And it's amazing what can, will take someone out. And anyway, this guy, you know, he had a growing boy. And, you know, when boys are they're growing, their feet are growing. And he was complaining about how many pairs of shoes he had to buy, you know, and, and all this. And he should just be happy. He's got the, you know, the, the boys are healthy. And so anyway, he was a deacon at the church and, and so, anyway, he's in the revival meeting. He's jumping up and down. And uh, anyway, he's singing the songs. You got any, any rivers that are uncrossable? You know, God specializes in miracles. And then he trips over a pair of shoes. Here he's talking, he's talking about, you know, got these rivers. You know, you're crossing all these things. But then he, he trips over a pair of shoes. Worrying about things like that. Amen. 
So I want you to look here. He says, you shall love your neighbor, verse 43, and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. How many think that, that fits every category and every person? He says, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So he tells us to love our enemies. Bless those that curse you. Amen. What do we want to do? We want to retaliate. Peter said, don't return evil for evil, railing for railing. But do good to them that hate you. Amen. Bless them. Give them some money. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Amen. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, many times in our mind, we think, Lord, they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> but they're, they're, not, they're blinded. And we know that they're blinded by the enemy. Now, I want you to <clears throat> turn over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 real quickly. I'm just going to read this whole passage here, the first few verses. <clears throat> He's talking to husbands and wives in this passage. He says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they, may, they also may be without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair and of wearing a gold and of putting on apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Like one minister said, and that's where all the ladies are amazed right there. I'm not calling my, my husband Lord. Anyway. Abraham obeyed, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, you husbands... Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being heirs, and, and it's talking mainly there about being physically weaker. Now, we know that's not necessarily true. I mean, there's some ladies that probably can body slam their husbands. We understand that. And, uh, get out, you know, don't, don't tempt them, you know. So... 
It says, unto the weaker vessel, give honor. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now notice this last phrase. That your prayers be not hindered. So we know that, that marital disharmony can cause our prayers to, to be hindered. So what does that mean? Protect your heart. Walk in love. Finally, verse 8, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil. Now notice, this is almost just like what we read in Matthew. <clears throat> Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, <clears throat> but contrawise blessing. Knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. What, what have I been called to? I've been called to inherit a blessing. But how am I going to inherit a blessing? I can't, I can't give railing for railing. Well, she said this, and then I said this, and then this, this, this. Amen. You can't, you can't have two people going the same direction in that flow. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> so don't render evil for evil. You know, what, what does the Bible say about a soft answer? A soft answer turns away wrath. So if you, if you want to go the wrong way, when, so, when the boss is, is yelling at you, you just jump right in there with him. That, you, you're going to go down the wrong path. But if you just sit there, how many remember what happened to um, Sarah? And the Bible talks about, um, was it Hagar? And it said, um, the angel found her and said, where are you? You know, where'd you come from? And because she had been dealt with harshly, she left. And, you know, the Bible also talked about, uh, and, and the angel said, go back to her. And we don't like that, though, do we? Well, they talk bad to me. I'm not going to put up with that. I'm being verb verbally abused. You know, people are verbally abused on every side, you know. It's like when minister said, he said, Jesus, if, if the Lord spoke this to him, he said, if, if Jesus would have been ministering in, in our day, then everyone would have accused him of verbal abuse. You know, think about Peter. Here's Peter. Peter walks on the water. Now, how many other people do you know walked on the water? Only one person. And um, here, here Peter is. He walks out on the water. He reaches his hand out and, and grabs a hold of him. And what's the first thing that Jesus says? Peter, where's your faith? Why'd you doubt? Come on, get back in the boat. The next day, most people have been at their therapist. You know, I, I don't understand it. I, I followed him. I left everything that I had. And, and do you think anyone else got on the boat? No, it was just me, Peter. I'm the only one. Did he say, Good job, Peter. No. Did he say, you did really good? No. He said, where's your faith? I can't take it anymore. You know, that's what a lot of people would have said. How <laughs> I many you know that not all the words of Jesus were complimentary? Well, I want to be just like Jesus. You know, you whitewashed tombs. You, you full of dead men's bones. So he tells us, if we want to love life, look in verse 10, and see good days. Who wants to see good days? You know, good days are not days when we're sick. 
He says, let him refrain his tongue from evil. In his lips that they speak no guile. You know, another uh, verse, I believe, in Proverbs says, when the spirit of the ruler rises up against you, don't leave your place. When the spirit of the ruler rises up against you, don't leave your place. How many know that's, you have to crucify your flesh? When, when someone's yelling at you and, and saying, you know, what are you doing, you know? Here, go sit out. Let me take care of this, you know. It makes you look bad. I mean, you know, that, that works on your pride right there. But he said, don't leave your place. And, and to do that, we're going to do like this verse says. Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips as they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil. That's why James said, if you find a man that's perfect in his words, if you want to find a perfect man, find one that's perfect in his words. What does that mean? Not, not one that's just without any flaws, but a mature person. Why? Because a mature person learns, the Bible says in Proverbs, that you learn to teach your mouth from your heart. You know, that, that is a, that's something that we're all growing in. That we learned that we let our heart teach our mouth what to say. What does that mean? That I'm going to think before I speak. I mean, there's times you, you might just have to walk away. Uh, you might just have to, you know, bite your lip a few times. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You just, you just have to just thank God that way. We can just... I mean, it might be a little bit elevated, too. It might be like some serious praying in tongues. You know, whatever it takes for you to do that. Amen. To let your spirit man. And actually, that's, that is one benefit of praying in tongues is, is if you can learn to yield your tongue to, to speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, you can yield all of your members. Why? Because the Bible says that the, the tongue is the most deadly member. It's full of poison. No man can tame it, it said. That means you can't tame someone else's tongue, but you can tame your own tongue. Amen. You can grab a hold of your own tongue, your own words. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So we don't, we don't want our prayers to be hindered. Then what does that mean? In the home, we have to walk in love. We have to protect our heart. Sometimes that means that, I'll just, I'll tell you what it means. It means you're not going to get your way. Amen. Married people just look straight ahead. <laughs> what does that mean? You, you know what, what direction a conversation goes, so you just cut it off. I don't have to have the last word. Amen. That goes husband and wife. That goes friends, co-workers. Amen. Just realize, I don't have to have my final say. Moving right along. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I want you to look over and um, turn back to Matthew. And we're Matthew 18. See that, that, that the Bible says that the old man is crucified with him. How I many you know he sometimes he likes to resurrect himself? It's kind of like he comes up in the casket and says, you know, and he wants to let, be let out of there. And you're like, get down, dead man. You're not coming up. 
I want you to look at this parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 18. But I want you to look up in, um, let's see. Look in verse 20. We know this, this verse, it says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Now, can you imagine? What Peter's probably thinking, man, Lord, you mean all the way up to seven times I got to do this? And so he thought he was doing something real big, you know. Then came, um, it said, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's 490 times, and that's in one day. <laughs> that's why other places, the disciples immediately said, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> Lord, we increase our faith for that. We can't do that. But notice he says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Now, I don't know what the exact number is, but this is a huge debt. It could have been a million dollars. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that you owe. So we're talking about a very insignificant amount. He owed him a hundred bucks. And his fellow servant fell down his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told <clears throat> unto their Lord and all, all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him and said to him, O oh, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me. Should not thou also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? I mean, when we've been shown much forgiveness, what, what's the natural thing for us to do? Is to show that same forgiveness. Yes. That's hypocritical for me to say, well, you know, I've been forgiven, but I'm, I'm not going to forgive someone else. Oh, that, that same forgiveness that flows to me is going to flow through me to, another, to other people. And his Lord was wroth. And delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due in him. Look at verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you, now notice what he says in this passage, from your hearts, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So what does that mean? I have to forgive from my heart. I have to release people. I have to let them go. You know, and that's something that I just say. When, when, when something, even when you've forgiven somebody, 
How many know that that thing still might come back to you? What do you do? Lord, I thought I forgave them. (laughs) Just because you have the memory of it doesn't mean that, that you haven't forgiven them. Lord, I forgive them right now and I release them. You just have to vocalize it. Say, Lord, I forgive them even now. I release them. I let them go. Just like you let a bird go. Lord, I don't hold that against them and I release them right now. They owe me nothing in Jesus' name. Amen. And they don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me a repayment. They don't owe me anything. I release them. Amen. And you just let them go. But what happens when that thing comes back? Lord, I thank you. I, I release them in Jesus' name. I release them. And you don't, you don't hold them. You know, well, you know, I've been forgiven all this by the Lord, and then they just did something little to me, but I'm going to hold that against them. What did Jesus say? He said, the, my Heavenly Father is going to do the same thing if you don't forgive from your heart. Ephesians 4.32 says this, or verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking but be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake. See, this is the clinching statement right here. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. If, if, it's, if I've been forgiven, then it's not too much of a big thing for me to forgive others. Yeah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I had to protect my heart on a daily basis. One, one thing that you should have in good working order is your forgiver. I forgive you. 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 Let's have breakfast. I forgive you. I forgive you. Let's have lunch. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Amen. That doesn't mean that I just necessarily is gonna, I'm going to trust somebody. I mean, no, trust is different than, than, than loving somebody. <laughs> well, I just trust everybody. Then, then you're foolish. Amen. There's a difference in trust. But you can love every person. <laughs> Listen to what Colossians 3.13 says. He says, forbearing one another. Well, look in verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. So mercy is something I can put on. Just like this morning. I mean, sometimes you might have to do it as an act of faith. Like when you put your coat on. I put on this jacket this morning and I said, I mean, I didn't say it, but I could, I could have said it. Lord, I'm just putting on the new man today. You know, even like, like our pastor has said so many times when he goes into a city, he said he can, he, can feel, he can be so jet lagged he couldn't even find the jet. You know, you, who's ever felt like that? You just, your head's like 200 pounds, you know. You're just, well, thankfully, I, I haven't flown overseas but one time in my life. But when you fly overseas like that in 18, 19 hours and, and go preach and stuff like that, and uh, he's always said like this, as soon as my feet touch the platform, I receive a fresh anointing to minister. Amen. And you, you have to do that. But, you know, just by faith, you can do that. You can say, I'm putting on the new man. I'm putting on love. You know, a lot of people think, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm just real. I'm not a fake and I'm not a put on. 
you know, if I, if I feel a certain way, then, then I'm just going to express it. I'm just going to be that because I'm just real. Yeah, real carnal. <laughs> amen. But how many know, you just, by faith, you put on the, even if you don't even feel like it, Lord, I put on love right now. I'm a lover and not a hater. I'm full of the love of God. I'm patient and I'm kind. Amen. That's why I like to, I like to confess 1 Corinthians 13. Will is patient and kind. I endure long and I'm patient and kind. You know, a lot of people, they endure long, but they're not patient and kind when they do it. Amen. I don't take account of the evil done to me. All those things are about protecting your heart. When someone else takes you out of, and gets the promotion instead of you. Lord, you're just setting me up for something better. So he says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you are also called in one body. And be ye thankful. So we have to have and keep an attitude of forgiveness. I've been forgiven much, so I must extend the same to other people around me. So protect your heart. Don't let it get bitter. Learn to practice those words, I forgive you. But what happens when we forgive is this. And I believe the Amplified brings this out. But let it, you forgive and you let it go and let it drop. Amen. You never punish another person with things from the past. Amen. When things are dealt with and you deal with something, you know, and someone, maybe their temper comes back. Well, yeah, I knew you never changed, and, and that, that happened 25 years ago. Amen. Let it go and let it drop. Can you say amen? Say, let it go, let it go. and let it, let it drop. And just practice that on a daily basis. See, that's one of the greatest things because I'll tell you this. People get taken out by the devil in this area. And they let things just, they let the, the like my wife and I talk about the squirrels. Some of them aren't even squirrels. They're, they're other little, like, little things, you know, that, that take them out. It's not the lion and the bear that take people out. It's the little things. Amen. But if you'll always protect your heart. At all cost. None of those things will ever come in your life. Amen. And you'll be able to, to finish your course with joy. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Come on, just praise the Lord for it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if you'll, if you'll always just forgive and, and forgive freely, there'll always be a flow of the Spirit to your life. You know, there'll never be, you know, something that's going to stand there in the way. There'll never be anything that's just going to uh, block things in your life, but there'll be a, a flow of the Holy Ghost to you. But you just have to make the decision that you're going to let the Holy Ghost move. You're going to let the Holy Spirit just flow like a river in your life. You have to make the decision that, that what the Lord says is more important than me getting my way. That, that what the Lord says is more important than me having my say. Hallelujah. That what the Lord says is the most important thing. Amen. And we do forgive and we, we let it go. We let it drop. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ha <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord, we forgive. And even this morning, Lord. And, I, you know, if. Just look on the inside in your heart and just make any adjustments you need to because. We must allow nothing to hinder. Our relationship and our fellowship with him. So, Lord, we just thank you right now. We forgive. We release other people, Lord, that have ever hurt us. If you agree with this prayer, just say, let, say this with your heart. And say, Lord, I forgive every person that's ever wronged me. I thank you now. I let them go. <laughs> I release them. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you now that there's nothing hindering me from your perfect will. And there's no one stopping me from your perfect will. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, one thing's for sure, you'll never be able to get on the other side and look at the Lord and say, Lord, I, I didn't do your will because so-and-so. <laughs> Lord, I, you know, Lord, you know my wife. You know my husband. You know my friend. You know my co-worker. How many know that's not going to slide? <laughs> you know, the Lord's not going to say, well, you know, you are right. They were a, a rascal, you know. <laughs> no, you just... Amen. Here's the thing. Just like with the things of the, any things of the Spirit, whenever you, the Bible says crucify the flesh, mortify the flesh, the deeds of the body. How many know that hurts? You know, mortician, die, death. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. You might cut, the Bible says cut things off. It says pluck, if your eye offend you, pluck it out. If your hand offend you, cut it off. But if you cut it off, the Lord will heal it up. But how many know we make the decision to cut things off? You know, it's the same thing with, with things. There might be hurts in, in people's lives. It might be hurts down deep. But if you make the decision to forgive and release. See, people sometimes are waiting for the other person. Well, when they come to me and didn't know, it doesn't work that way. You, you, you say, Lord, I release them. And then it allows the Lord to work in your behalf. It allows the Lord to go with the knife that man doesn't have. 
Go where the knife of man can't go. How many know that's supernatural? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I want my heart to be perfect towards the Lord. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And you know, a lot of times, we just have to give ourselves credit. Sometimes we take things too serious. You know, some people can be in, in service and they can, you know, a lady can see a couple other ladies standing up there talking and laughing. They think, well, she's talking about me. Meanwhile, they're talking about their new recipe they have for brownies, you know. <laughs> Not even giving them any attention at all. I mean, you know, sometimes we're not as important as we think we are. <laughs> Man. Amen. You know, you just have to learn to laugh at yourself a little bit and just not take yourself so serious. You know, when you really walk in love, people think you're naive. You know, you do something, and they, it's like, oh man, you tripped, and, and are you okay? You tripped, and your 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 hand landed on my face. You know, meanwhile they they probably just slapped you. You know, but you just you kind of naive about it. But I mean, no, it's just better just to dismiss things. <laughs> Lord, I don't know why they did that, but. Um, Help them, Lord. I mean, I mean, no, just just things like that. It's just, and I know from experience, sometimes you just, it's better just to say that and dismiss it than deal with it for two days because you, you, you got sour about it. Amen. And, and then you're trying to, and here's the thing. You, you think that they're all upset about it, but you're the one that's, that's torn up on the inside and they're just having fun. And then you're getting mad at them because they're not, in the same predicament you are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's why like, just like Pastor LaShawn's drinking, you just got to drink. Amen. Don't be drunk with wine where it's excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Come on, you just need a good drink before you go today. You laugh like this. Ha ha. Hee hee. Ho ho. Oh he. Ha ha. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not a put on. Well, the Bible says put on the new man. The Bible says put on joy. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that he, he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. You know, there's people, they put on that heaviness every morning. I'm not talking about their physical weight. I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the garment. They, they put on that sadness. You need to get rid of that. Get rid of that old tattered garment. Well, I gave him an old tattered garment. 
He gave me a robe of pure white, feasting on manna from heaven, and that's why I'm happy tonight. You're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you are getting a song back today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus had the oil of joy, the Bible says, above all his brethren. Now, what do, you, what do you see with most pictures of Jesus? Most, yeah, most pictures, he's just so serious, and it looks like, you know, like his chin just got pulled out. And it's like, like he's real skinny and, and emaciated. I like that one, it's called The Laughing Jesus. Jesse DePlanis had that one. And, um, you know, just to laugh. I believe that Jesus, you had to laugh being around the boys that he was around and the disciples. I mean, you got, you got James and John and they're, all, you know, on one second they're talking about who's going to be, you know, next to the Father on the right hand. The next time they're, they're calling down fire from heaven. The sons of thunder. <laughs> I mean, think thinking about dealing with that that group. I mean, you you had to you had to, to talk to the father. I mean, you have to. You know you know what the Bible says concerning um, the ministry of Paul in Acts chapter twenty six. This is something you always have to remember. I'm, I'm talking about just as a believer. The Bible said, but but as a minister, when Jesus appeared to him. Paul relating this in Acts chapter 26, Jesus says that I've delivered you from the people. You have to be delivered from people. You have to be delivered from the opinions of people. And, and then he said, unto whom I now send you. <laughs> so what does that mean? The, the opinions and, and the different thoughts that people have God's delivering you from that. But then he'll send you right back to those people. But that means that you can minister without being affected by what they're thinking. I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was reading. We need to actually get some in the bookstore, but Pastor Rodney's got his uh, book that he just came out with. He preached a lot of these things in like 2005, but of course he's preached them 43 years in the ministry on revival. And I thought it was really interesting because he said that one time he, um, he was over in Manila, Philippines. And he took, um, I, I think I know the brother he's talking about, but he played, uh, played saxophone. And he had him, he said the worst section is the minister section because they're so reserved, you know. They're in the reserve section and they're very reserved. And, um, so anyway, he had this brother go over there with his saxophone and just like, just wailing, just like right in their ears, you know, and cleared them all out of there, you know, because it was the American missionaries that were all blocked up. 
He had to get, up, get rid of them so he could have a move of God. <laughs> Amen. Brother John Osteen said, every good church needs a good Bible moving every six months. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How you spell relief? R-E-V-I-V-A-L. Amen. I mean, no, in, in the things of God, I'm not talking about being carnal, but you, you, you can't be stiff and starchy. Amen. I... I was starchy too long in my early days of, of my Christian life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, some of the funniest things happen in church. You just be standing where I stand sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, who's, who's going to have a great rest of your week this week? Amen. Amen. Don't, don't wait to see. You make the decision now. Well, we'll wait and see how it's going to be. No. It's going to be according as what I say. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. At destruction and famine, you shall laugh. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there is a laughter in the spirit. There's a dancing in the spirit. There's, there, there's all the different things that, that, you know, people see in the natural, they're patterned after God. You think God's sad today? <laughs> the Bible says that he that sits in the heavens laughs. He that sits in the heavens laughs. Amen. That means I can laugh too. Amen. That, that means, you know, I'll just say this in, in closing. There's nothing worse than a depressed Christian. It's, it's, it's false advertisement. Amen. It's like contraband goods. <laughs> It's portraying something that shouldn't be, you know. And I'm not talking about just being goofy to be goofy, you know. But I'm just talking about a genuine joy. Joy in my heart. Hallelujah. Why? Because God took those worldly desires, gave me heavenly fire. Now i got a brand new song. And since I met this man called Jesus Christ, I've got the joy, joy, joy in my soul. <laughs> Man, I wish I had that soundtrack. We'd do it right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you stand up this morning and we'll let you go. And <laughs> Come on, just lift your hands. Father, thank you so much today.
Lord, I pray for every one of your people today that, Lord, I thank you that they're the sheep of your pasture. And Lord, how you love them so. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon them. Thank you, Lord, that even today you crown each person with loving kindness and tender mercies. And Lord, you crown them, Lord, with joy. Lord, fill them up right now. In Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Receive a fresh infilling right now. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that that joy shall carry them even this week. Lord, that even no matter what the enemy has planned, that Lord, his plans come to naught. And Lord, they are, they are nullified by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I thank you right now for a fresh infilling of joy. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.